There's a deep sense of unease in our rapidly changing world. We all know something has been lost, but we don't know why or where it all leads. Pop culture tells us it's all about me and that we should worship our own creations rather than the creator. In politics, the end justifies the means. In relationships, love means self-satisfaction. In life, status and appearance are what count. In the church, confusion replaces clarity and conviction. Our faulty and distorted view of God is at the root of all our problems. But what if we view God differently? What if we saw Him the way He longed for us to see Him? We can worship a God who is holy, wise, and just, one whose faithfulness and goodness are matched by His power and sovereignty over all things. This is a God who can deliver us from evil and transform lives. This is a God worth worshiping. The way back, the path of hope starts with knowing God for who He really is. We need to know the real God. Amen. Having a desire to know God for who He really is. If I were to say to you today, do you know God? Most of you say, oh yes, I, I know God. Kind, kind of like if, if, if you ask me, do you, do you know the president? Well, sure, it's Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I've never met him. In fact, I've never been in the same room with him. I don't even know if I've been in the same state with him. But I, I, I know him. And I know his name. I don't know, know him. Now, if you ask me, do, do you know Sally Sheets? Oh, yes, I know her. She's my wife. I, I, I know her a little bit differently than I know the president. Correct? Okay. I know her likes, her dislikes. Um, I know her fears. I know what makes her happy. I know those things about her. And so today, during this, as we begin this uh, getting to know God, the real God, we want you to know more than just, oh, yeah, God. Now, we want you to really intimately, deeply know God. And, and we, we started out in Sunday school classes, and in, in your class, you went over some things. And if you have a handout in your bulletin, the, the notes in your handout is going to be pretty much exactly the same notes that you took in class because we understand some of the people that come on Sunday mornings that they may not um, be in Sunday school so we want we want you to get it and we know there's going to be redundant but we're doing this on purpose and it actually takes a lot of work to try to be redundant in a creative manner okay to say the same thing in a different way it's 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 kind of hard okay uh so um but if if you notice um here uh, as we talk about the real God it says in the introduction here on your notes that perception is everything. And then he gives a couple of quotes by Tozer. What comes into your mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What, when I say God, that, that image that comes into your mind. Maybe it's your, your loving grandmother that's always giving you cookies. Or maybe it's your dad that's always disciplining you. <laughs> You know, that view that you have of God, that's, that's very, very important to you. You see, 
Because the next quote says, we tend by a secret law of the soul to move forward uh, toward our mental image of God. In other words, if you view God as that grandmotherly type, then you think God's only loving. He's always loving, and that's the only thing about God is God is love. He would never discipline us. He would never correct us. He would never um, have rules for us to follow those things. But if you think God's just like your, 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 the, the tight-fisted father that's always disciplining you, then you, you have that image of God. You think God is mean, and God, God is just waiting for me to mess up so he can pounce on me. And, and neither one of those are a correct image of God. Yes, both of those have some aspects, but we have to balance that, those things. And we hope to do that this week. And I want to start off with this, this verse here. Um, let me turn on my... There we go. Okay. It says, in Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, or with all your strength. You know, this... This is, is Moses telling the people of Israel... That there is no God like our God. And that's what I want you to get today and, and through the next week, eight weeks, that there is no God like our God. I mean, there's, there's, there's things and there's people who say, oh, our God is this or our God is that. But listen, all of those gods are dead and fake and phony and made with human hands. But you and I serve a God that's eternal and there is no God like our God. Amen, people? There is no God like our God. So, what type of images come to your mind? And I say, God. Maybe it's a God that's always give me, give me, give me. I, I don't know. But, I, but we've got a video that I want you to watch just for a few moments. And maybe your image of God is kind of like uh, the images that you see on this video. Let's see if it starts going. What you listening to? When you think about God, who do you imagine he is? Do you see him as someone who likes to give you good things? And what do you think that really means, anyway? Does it mean he's kind of like... A vending machine? I was going to say a magic genie, but sure, vending machine works. Let's go with that. That's, that's, that's weird. No, I don't think it's that weird. And the elevator's broken anyway, so you might as well go along with it. Hey, what's in there? There you go. That's the spirit. Anyway, as I was saying, if we see God like a vending machine, we might think he's just there to grant our wishes, to give us the stuff that's most important to us. It's... With a never-ending supply of... Whatever we want. Sounds pretty cool, right? Maybe you're like Diana. And you want to be the MVP of the softball team. Punch in D6.
Yeah! <laughs> I'm the MVP! That's what I'm talking about! What? <laughs> or maybe you want to be really popular. That's C3. Maybe you want that report card with all A's on it. Punch in B5. But... Oh, come on. Maybe God is a vending machine? Is not such a good idea? Sure, it's great to punch in whatever you want, but... Hey! What if God has a purpose for you that's greater than just getting what you want? Maybe God knows that what we want isn't always what we need. The Bible says God is so good and loves us so much, not to just always give us everything we ask for. Sometimes the things we pick fall apart in our hands. God cares more about giving us what we need instead of what we want. Really? Come on! Did you know that what you think about God is the most important thing about you? So how should you think about God? Maybe it's better if you let God tell you who He is and base your picture of him on what he says about himself. The real God loves to give you good things, but he's only going to give you what's best for you. problem with us um, being left ourselves, we create a God in our own image, and we just make up who we want God to be. And the problem with that is that it's, it's faulty. And at some point, you're going to be very disappointed with your image of God. So we want you to get a biblical image of who God is. We want you to really get to know the real God, not the one that we make up in our mind, the one that we think is, is, is well, a loving God wouldn't do this. Or a just God wouldn't allow this. And we make up a God in our own image and whenever that doesn't um, end the way we think it should in our mind. We're disappointed. So I want to give you an invitation of a lifetime this morning that we're going to begin in the next eight weeks. 
we're going to begin really digging into who God is. And we want you to get a, a 2020, if you will, vision of really who God is. And we began that this morning in Sunday school. And so let me just recap some of that. If you open your bulletin, if you remember in Sunday school class, we went over the fact that, um, that number one, that God is not like you. God is not like you. That, that's kind of surprising to some of us, that, that God's not like us. The Bible says he's higher than us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways and thoughts are so higher and so much, much more awesome than we could ever imagine. You, you really, we really, in eight weeks, we will, really will not be able to explain to you everything about God. You, trying to put God in our mind is like trying to put the ocean in a teacup. We can't do it. He's too amazing. We can begin to understand him better. With the right image of God. So we saw next in your Sunday school class that, that if we're left to ourselves, we tend to reduce God to manageable terms. In other words, we, we want a God that we can touch and we can feel. and then the, the, a, a God that's, that, that, that we can only pray to and communicate with. And he'll talk to us through the through Spirit and through his Word and other avenues. You know, we kind of want something we can hold on to, something we can touch. That's the reason so many people create so many false images and false gods. And you find in the book of it, in all the Old Testament, you think, why are they, after God's done so much for them, why are they worshiping false gods? Because they're just like us, and they want a God that they can manage. So, left to ourselves, that's what we get, is a God that we create in our own image that we can manage. That's not the God of the Bible. And the truth is that the only way we, we can really, let me skip through those verses that you, I know you read those. The way that we can only really know God is if he reveals himself. If God is really so amazing and so beyond our comprehension, the only way we can really get to know God is if he reveals himself to us. God takes that initiative. We see in scriptures that he's done that. And he's done that in three ways. Again, this is just still a recap from your class this morning. He, he does it through nature. I mean, on, just on the drive this morning, as I saw the beauty of the mountains, how amazing God is. I had some friends from Cabot and from Little Rock that came a couple weeks ago. And as we were going through, uh, through town, they just said, man, this place is beautiful. I said, I, I know. I said, how could anyone not believe in a God? And, 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 and how could anyone not fall in love with God seeing this beauty? And I said, I, I know. It's true. He reveals himself through his nature. And also, he, he, he reveals himself through his word. Through the scriptures that he's given us. The Bible says that the Word of God is, is God-breathed. That means that the very pages of the Bible are, it's like the very breath of God. That he, he breathed out what he wanted men to write. And men wrote those words down. So this is the very Word of God, the very thought, the very mind of God that we have before us. And so if we want to get to know him, let's dig into his Word. Let's dig into his Scripture. The Bible tells us in... First John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, when 
not only his written word, but also the living word. Okay? Jesus Christ. And he goes on and says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that light was in mankind. He reveals himself through Jesus, his son. Through his son. You remember verses 8, 14 through 18 it says, The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the, only, the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And then get this verse. No one has ever seen God. You've not seen God, have you? But it says, but the one and only Son, who is God himself. And it is the closest relationship with the Father. He has made him known. God sent his Son, who's really God in the flesh. And Jesus came to reveal who the Father is. Hey, listen, if you want to know what God looks like, if you want to know what God is really like, just study the life of Jesus. Look at Jesus. We see him in all of his glory. We see that he, he's loving and he's compassionate, but he's also, he, 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 he runs people out of the temple. We see all these attributes of God rolled up into Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint. You get that? The exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by his word and his power. After making purification of sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the exact imprint. He's, He's God in flesh. Consider this verse. He is the image of the invisible God. Firstborn of all creation. We don't see God. We can't see him with our eyes. But we can look at the life of Jesus and we can say, oh, that's what God is like. God sent his son. God in the flesh. To reveal to us who God really is like. Well, if... If God is so awesome and so amazing, then then, then how can we really get to know him? I believe that your Sunday school class may have discussed this a little bit. That is that we have to seek him. You and I, we seek him. That's the answer. That's what we're beginning with this week is, is we want to stir a desire in you to get to know God. Stir a desire in you to seek him. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Listen to this next. Then you call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek 
for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. I want you to really get that last part. When you seek for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. He said, for those of you that who, who, who you, don't, you, you have no clue about, about God, you have no relationship with you, listen, I want you to understand something. That he says to you that if you want to have a relationship with, you, with him, if you begin to seek him, you will find him. He's not hiding from you. He's not playing hide and seek. He's here. He's there. If you want him, if you seek him, you'll find him. And, and, and then for, for those of you that, that you, you know him as Savior, you have a relationship with him, he's saying to you, hey, if you want to know me deeply, if you want to know me more intimately, if you want to know me on a new level, if you want to grow in your relationship with me, the only thing that he wants from you is he wants you to want him. He wants you to seek for him with all of your heart, not lackadaisical. Everything you've got. But someday we're going to have to stand before God. And, 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 and it really convicts me that I'm going to have to stand before him and I'm going to have to justify the fact that I didn't experience him as much as I want to experience him. That I didn't walk with him as close as I want to walk with him. Whenever all he says is that he just wants me to want him and I'll experience him and I'll walk with him. And, and, and you have as much of God as you want. And you experience him as much as you really want to experience him. And we know him as deeply as we really want to know him. How in the world can we justify before a living God, God, I really didn't know you that well. When he says, if you will seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. Consider this, this next passage here. Matthew 5, 6, going back to Matthew He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I mean, he says, hey, if you're not satisfied with your level of of experience with God right now, all he wants you to do is to want him, to have a desire for him. That's it. If you really want him, if you really have a desire for him, if you really seek him with all your passion, with all you have, he says, you will find me and you will be satisfied. So if you're here today and you're not satisfied with life, if you're here today and you're not satisfied with your, your walk with God or, or, or your, with your prayer life, whatever it may be, he says, if you will just seek me, and if you hunger for me and thirst for me and you really want me, you'll find me and you'll be satisfied with me. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's convicting to my soul. It says... Hebrews eleven six 6, and without faith it's impossible to please him. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, it's not enough to say, oh, yes, I know the president. <laughs> oh, yes, I know God. He's the man upstairs. No, no, no. It's not enough just to know about him. It, it, do you know he exists? Yes. And do you really, really want to draw close to him? Do you really believe that he's going to reward you if you surrender your life to him? Do you believe it? Do you believe that? Do you live like you believe it? Do you really believe that if you seek him, you'll be satisfied? If you seek him, he'll come and he'll dwell with you and he'll walk with you. 
And here be your friend. Let's look at another verse. Romans 3, 10 through 12. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. For all have uh, turned away. Together they have become worthless. No one does good deeds, not even one. Did, did you get that? Let, let's back up. No one understands God, and no one seeks. For, and, and you're saying, preacher, what is second time out? You just said that if we would seek for Him, that we would find Him, that we'd be satisfied. But here in Romans it says that no one seeks after Him. Now I'm really confused. See, that's that's true. If God left you to yourself, you would not seek for Him. Instead, you would create gods of your own image of your own imagination. You'd make up who you want God to be. We've all done it. <laughs> Left to yourself, you'd say, oh, God is, he, he's just, hey, you know, kind of up on the clouds. Oh, and he's just far away, and he's watching over us, and oh, God. Oh, or you'd say, oh, God is so mean, he didn't answer my prayers. He, he, he let my, 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 my friend, my spouse, my my. my, my my parents, he, he let them die. Oh, God let so much evil in the world, and you'd begin to create gods in your own left to yourself. You would never seek God. But the good news is that God did not leave us to ourselves. Thank the Lord. He did not leave us to ourselves. And you know what he did? We've already seen it. He sent his son to die for us, give his life for us. So that he can redeem us, so he can reveal who God really is. He gave us the word so we could really see who God is. And not only that, the Bible says that he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave the Holy Spirit so that, that in the book of John, it says that the Holy Spirit, it, his spirit, the spirit of God, he is here on the earth today and he's showing men and women that they are sinners. And they're showing men and women their need for salvation. You see, he's not left you to yourself. He sent his, his son to die for you. Then he sent his spirit to, to show you the need that you have for salvation. To give you a, a stirring in your heart so that you know that you, you need God. The Bible tells us in 1 John that we love him because he first loved us. And look at this. Luke nineteen ten says, For the Son of Man came to seek to save the lost. You see, the truth of the matter is this. That before you ever begin to seek God, He's already been seeking you. From the very beginning, God's been seeking you. He didn't leave you to yourself. He didn't leave you to your own imagination to make up who God is. But He began to seek you and seek you, and seek you. And he sent his son seeking you, and he sent his spirit seeking you out. And he's been seeking you ever since. On the checkerboard of life, God makes a first move, and he makes a move towards you, and he, he's, he's seeking after you before you even thought about God. 
And right now, if you have a stirring in your heart, that's his spirit seeking you either for salvation or he's seeking you to begin to walk deeper with him. And he's calling you, would, would you take this study serious and would you really get to know who I am so you can really grow in the relationship with him? If I never got to know who my wife was, we would never grow in our relationship. I have no relationship with Really, any politician, because I only know them by name. But I have a relationship with some of you. And we're growing together. Because I know some of you more than just a name. So, God's been seeking you. And seeking you. And all he's asking is, would you seek him back? Would you seek him back? He loves you. He's seeking after you. On the back of your insert in your bulletin, you'll notice there's a little evaluation. I believe you had it in your Sunday school lesson in the book also. But you, you can use this. It'll help you get ready for your discussion guide tonight. I just want you to just begin to think about, am I really seeking God? Whenever I stand before God and I answer God, I, God, I really didn't know you as much as I wanted to while I was on earth. How are we going to justify that? And he says, if you, if you seek me, you'll find me. When you really, really seek me. Like treasure. I believe the Sunday school class that talked about seeking him like hidden treasure. And, 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 and if I told you there's a million dollars buried in your backyard, you'd, every one of you would go home. If you didn't have a shovel, you'd get a shovel. You'd rent a backhoe. You'd do something. You'd, you'd, you'd hire some neighbors to come, come dig. Or you, and you'd be seeking that with every ounce of your energy, with every fiber of your being. And are you seeking God that way? If you are, you will find him and you will be satisfied. So for those today, maybe you're not seeking him. I want you to know that God is seeking you. Right now, he's seeking you because he loves you. So for those of you that maybe you used to seeking, and maybe one time you found him, and, but you've kind of walked away, and you're, kind of, you're, you're not satisfied with your present level of walk with the Lord. He, I want you to know he's seeking you too. And he's telling you, if you'll just come back to me, if you'll just come back to me, if you begin to seek me again, you will be satisfied. So this altar call this morning is for anyone that's not satisfied with either with your life or maybe you're not satisfied with the level of fellowship you have with God, which none of us should be. We should always be hungry for more of him. So this altar call is just for you. You can come and you can begin to worship him. You can just come and thank him and cry out to him and ask him, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. Would you, would you satisfy my hungry soul? And maybe you're not hungry, but would you just come say, God, I'm not hungry for you, but God, I'm hungry to be hungry. Would you put a desire in me? So I, wanna, I want to get to know you. 
you're here and you're not a, a believer, you've, you've never given your heart and life to Christ, you've never surrendered your life to him, then we want to help you this morning. We want to help you seek him as, because he's seeking you. We want to help with that. So I'm going to pray, then we're going to sing, and this altar is going to be open. You can just come and do business with God. Okay? Father, thank you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. Father, we just glorify you. And Father, we need you, God. Father, we ask you, God, that you may do a mighty, mighty work in this place. Father, you may just shower this place with your love and your grace and your presence. God, we, 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 we seek you this morning, God. And we ask you, God, that you may just move into this place. And Father, you may just invade this room with your presence. You may invade our life with your presence. Father, you may invade and disrupt our activities, God, with your presence, God, because we want you. And Father, we love you. And God, we need you. Father, your word says if we seek you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our might, God, we will find you. We will be satisfied. So, Father, this morning we are seeking you, God. Father, I pray for conviction on those that are not seeking you. Father, we may seek you. We may see the need for you. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.